Hi, I'm Gary Stearman. This is Prophecy Watchers, and we have a very special guest today. His name is Nathan Jones. And uh, Nathan, introduce yourself to our audience. Oh, certainly, certainly. Well, hello, my name's uh, Dr. Nathan Jones. I'm the Internet Evangelist with Lamb and Lion Ministries. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. So folks mostly know us from our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which I'm not on right now, but we've had Mondo and, and you all as guests on Christ in Prophecy. Uh, it's a real blessing. Uh, we're talking about technology today, and if, if I could just say a little story about how I got to technology, okay. that might help your audience. And by the way, I just have to say that, uh, that Nathan has done a, uh, a presentation. It's on DVD on on technology and today's world, today's spiritual world, and I was really. Uh, drawn into this thing because it's what's happening right now. I mean, if you don't know about technology, you're sort of out of the loop. You know, Gary, I didn't start out in technology. Uh, my senior year of college, I was at Philadelphia Biblical University, and the professor said that we had to write our final paper on a computer. Well, I had to learn, I was using a <laughs> typewriter, and I had to learn how to use a computer just to turn in my final paper. I got out of Bible college, and I worked for two years at a mission board, and the mission board had said, well, before we send you to Brazil to work with street children, we'd like you to get some real-world experience. Well, Gary, when you have a Bible degree, you can't get a real-world job. I had to go back to school, which was a technology. At the time, this is the late 90s, the internet was booming, and so I started working in a major ISP, building websites, and I was a web developer and designer. And then I was like, well, Lord, I'm, I'm not serving you in ministry. So I got a position for six years as web architect for a major mega church in Louisville, Kentucky. I met Dr. David Reagan, who came to speak, and he says, why don't you come down to Texas and turn my website into a web ministry? I finished seminary and, and got my uh, doctorate in evangelistic apologetics. And I look back and I'm like, Gary, I, I picked up technology on the way and I never expected to do that. When you uh, lecture on technology and <clears throat> how it affects Christianity in the 21st century, uh, you talked about technology on, on a recent presentation as the use of scientific knowledge, and I'm reading here, I'm quoting you, the use of scientific knowledge to solve practical problems. Now that sounds great. Sounds good. Hey, let's have more technology. And in fact, that, that's the world today. But from a biblical perspective, there is reason for caution. There is. Uh, a lot of people are scared of technology. Uh, God bless my father, he still makes a joke that his cell phone is a garage door opener and uh, he doesn't want like technology. But isn't technology just fixing our problems and making stuff? Right. So it's a good thing. And yeah. the, the source of knowledge comes from God. Uh, verse uh, Job 21, 22 says, Can anyone teach knowledge to God? Or Job 37, 16, Him who is perfect in knowledge. I love reading about the Manhattan Project that you're familiar with. Right. And all these young scientists were saying that they would wake up and get these ideas out of nowhere to make an atomic bomb. It was like God was giving him that knowledge for the time period that they were living in. And it seems like today the Lord has given us tremendous technologies for the purpose of getting the gospel out. I've de dedicated my life to getting the gospel out to the world through technology. We can reach people. I, I think I read that Billy Graham's Last Crusade he reached more people for Jesus in the last crusade using streaming technology than he had in all the uh, outreaches that he had before then. That's and, the power of technology for the good. And I wonder what this little thing is that I carry around <laughs> in my pocket. If this isn't technology, I don't know what it is. In fact, 
<clears throat> it recently updated itself just a couple of days ago. Okay. okay. I didn't ask it to update itself, uh, but now it'll do things that it never would do before. Oh, you don't want it to do. I, and yes, and I maybe I don't want it to do. Do, do I really want this to do that? And uh, and so you're <laughs> carrying this. Yeah. It's virtually everybody is carrying one of these uh, things today, and and it reminds me, uh, from a biblical perspective, of. One man who will one day be able to control the entire globe. And people have speculated all my life and long before that, how will he do it? Uh -huh, uh -huh. And I think the word is technology. Oh, absolutely. And, and, uh, and we're going to get into artificial intelligence and all the slips and falls that are uh, possible in that regime. But let's continue our discussion about technology and scripture. Well, my favorite scripture about technology is Daniel 12:4. It goes, But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. So here's Daniel was given this massive prophecy by this angel, and he's scratching his head, and he's like, I just don't understand it. How will many run to and fro? Yeah, it's, so the angel's <laughs> like, okay, this won't be understood. This prophecy won't be understood right. until the end times, and two things will happen. There will be an explosion of knowledge, and there'll be an explosion of travel. Well, uh, we live in a time period of, it's called the exponential curve. In other words, everything we learn, more discoveries and more discoveries and more discoveries is built on that. And you can look, if you even go back a hundred years, they say that most people, that all the things that they learned in life would have fit in one Sunday edition of the New York Times. But today, we consume a Sunday edition of the New York Times almost on a weekly, if not a daily basis. Knowledge, due to computer technology, storage capability, all sorts of new things are being discovered. And we have more knowledge. Now, I won't say we have more wisdom. We lack the wisdom to handle it. But knowledge, and then travel. And anybody knows travel as you, Gary. Uh, flight, uh, rocket ships, uh, Chinese balloons floating overhead. <laughs> I mean, you name it. We got it. And when you think, you watched on YouTube those old videos of, say, San Francisco in 1906. Most of the cars on the street are actually horses pulling buggies. Think how far we've traveled. So this prophecy has of knowledge increasing and travel increasing has happened in our day and age. Indeed it has happened and it's, it's moving in an exponential uh, speed. We talk about exponentiality as though we know what it really means. But what it means is an explosion. Mm -hmm. And we now have satellites being launched not just one, two, three, but sometimes maybe a hundred at a time or more. And you can see them at sundown. You know, the sun is reflecting off the satellites. If you're out in the right place at the right time, you can look up and see all the satellites. What are they doing up there? And what are they getting ready to do? And uh, that balloon you just mentioned, what was it doing? It, did it have electronics uh, aboard? And was it... Uh, taking pictures, we don't know, but it, it's part of a technological envelope that's covering the world now and exactly as the prophet Daniel talked about. Just this week I learned about, it's called the Digital for Freedom Initiative. Whenever they tack the word freedom next to digital, you have to worry because it doesn't always, it means usually the opposite. And all these big companies, Blackstone, Goldman Sachs, and other companies have plans for when the Ukrainian war is over, uh, what will they do with the Ukraine? Of course, Zelensky came out and says he's going to go to all these big companies, um, financial and tech, and they're going to rebuild Ukraine using the Digital for Freedom initiative. And what that means is they wow. want the Ukraine to be the model for the world. And what they'll do is that means it'll be a cashless society. It'll all be central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. 
Uh, it'll have China's social credit system, so you'll be watched all the time. Computers will track you and they'll grade your loyalty or not and give you freedoms or restrictions based on your allegiance to the government. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of AIs supposed to make things easier, like you'll just swipe your cell phone or possibly even have a, a little uh, chip or something in your hand that you just wave over. Now, where did you get that idea? Well, that sounds remarkably like Revelation 13, doesn't it? It, it, it does, remarkably. And everybody has speculated all my life about what that little mark is called the mark of the beast. What, what would that, is it a mark or is it something a little more sinister than a mark? And if so, how does it play into the larger picture? Again, we're talking about technology. <clears throat> technology is great. It is the use of scientific knowledge to solve practical problems. What could be, could be wrong with that? I was watching a Russell Brand video recently. <laughs> He's a British commentator, crazy guy, but uh, he had a good point. He says, all these ideas we have, this, for, for instance, this Digital for Freedom initiative, in the right hands would be a beautiful thing. I mean, who doesn't want to simplify their lives and not have to carry cash and run things right. and have the freedom to choose? In the right hands, it sounds wonderful. But we know that the God of this world is Satan. We know the powers behind the world global systems are satanic. You go to Ephesians and read that. Yes. And so we know that these systems are in the wrong hands. And in the wrong hands, what do all dictatorships or uh, controlling governments do? Well, we just look at China. It wants to know everything about their people. The Chinese social credit system, I think, is the closest thing we have to the mark of the beast so far because what it does is it tracks everything that you do Computer algorithms decide how loyal you are to the government or not. You get privileges of the, based on how loyal you are and restrictions. It's usually journalists or people who speak out the government that you can't travel. Now, you go to Revelation 13, 16 through 17, it says, He, the false prophet, forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or his forehead so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Just in the last year, we have seen the entire world Western system back, basically back blacklist Russia, uh, cut them off from the global economy. We saw Justin Trudeau do that with the truckers who were protesting. He cut off every financial system they had to get them to comply. And you read in Revelation 13 that the Antichrist will cut you off from your finances if you don't comply. We are living, now I'm saying the mark of the beast is now. This is for the, it initiated in the middle of the seven year tribulation, well after the church is raptured. No one can take, can take the mark of the beast. But we see that the technologies are now in place to make that happen. They are now in place, and they're in place in ways that uh, are not necessarily disclosed to the public. Uh, you know, and, and you read technical journals and technical magazines and so forth and so on, and you know that the public at large isn't usually educated. On, on the finer points, for example, of artificial intelligence, what's happening in that field right now, and how even, the, I've read a little about this lately, and I'm not terribly well read, but I do read about artificial intelligence because it, in a way it has a frightening side to it. And I learned that even the engineers who are developing it are a little bit afraid of it because, uh, you know, they'll turn off the lights in the evening, go home, and when they come back the next morning, this thing has been running all night and it's been doing things that they don't understand. In fact, I read about uh, <clears throat> a couple of them who, who had to shut down their, their computers for a while because 
the artificial intelligence was getting a little ahead of them. It was doing things that um, they didn't necessarily approve of. And that in itself, to me, is very, very frightening because who else can control that power? Well, we know right now the, the technocrat, you call them, I guess, oligarch, the technical oligarchs, as Mondo likes to call them, right. are definitely in control of them. Uh, the big tech, yeah. we just during the uh, last election of 2020, we saw how technical companies like Facebook, for instance, changed the course of an election. We saw tech companies supersede a president's authority and have more authority than a president of the United States. And so they pick and choose who's going to be in control and who's not. So guys like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, they all handle tremendous amounts of power. And so we're seeing now that we used to think, uh, you know, back in the 80s, it was always the big bad corporations, you know, big business yeah. like oil and stuff. No, it's become the big technology companies that really control far more power than even governments of most countries. They dictate who sees what and when based on censorship. And so, yeah, if, again, it, this would be a wonderful thing if we had a free society and everybody wanted the betterment of mankind. But we live in a time period where, where the people who are in charge, like the World Economic Forum, want more control. And, you know, I got to laugh at Klaus Schwab because he talks about the future as if this is something new. Really what he wants to do is have the elites, which are, go back to the old feudalism system where, where they own everything as the feudal lords and everybody else is a serf who owns nothing. That's right. This isn't a new idea. They just want us to all go back to feudalism. Well, we read in the Bible, that's pretty much what that's gonna be like during the tribulation. Yeah, I think one of their uh, teachings uh, in that system is that you will own nothing, but you will enjoy life. You know? And you'll be happy. You'll yes. be happy. And now, I don't know, that totally goes against human nature. <laughs> I, uh, owning nothing would not make you happy, but what it's talking about is renting basically everything you have. Right. Now, one of the trends in technology now is, you know, you used to buy a disc and you, it was your software, you owned it. Now you rent software. For instance, uh, our ministry makes all our television programs using Adobe products. Well, you don't buy Adobe products, you rent it. And then which is wonderful again, because they do the updates for free. You always get the latest and greatest. Uh, but if you don't have an internet connection, it doesn't quite work right. So eventually the idea is that everything will become a subscription model. We see major companies, especially tech companies, buying up houses and land for the purpose of renting it out. So you don't own anything anymore, you rent it from all these companies. So everything is going into that model. Everything will be subscription-based. You will be happy as long as you have money, but if you don't comply, it says there in Revelation 13, the Antichrist cut you off, and you have no way to buy or sell or trade. And what you're doing is describing the Antichrist system, and it's here today. I'm not saying the Antichrist is here Correct. today. Well, he may be here today, we don't know who he is. But the system, the, uh, the, te the technology, as we started out to talk about, the technology supports the coming Antichrist. It does, it does. Uh, you mentioned artificial intelligence. I've yes. been to a few conferences, big ones, like uh, the NAB and some others that dedicated themselves to discussing just where AI is going. So I got to sit in a number of sessions where all the guys who are producing this technology, they ask them, they say, well, do you see artificial intelligence becoming sentient, kind of like the Terminator movie, Skynet, you know? Yeah. They said there's, there's no way that can happen. They said, uh, and we know as Christians, only God can give life. Right. But it can simulate human intelligence. Uh, the, the latest thing on the news is the chat GDP, generative uh, pre-trained transformer. There, it's got a little <laughs> transformer and it's a mouthful. Uh, but it's, okay. a, it's a 3.5 edition, can code like an entry-level coder 
and it can also write beautiful. Teachers or professors are worried now that their students are going to use this thing to write their papers and they won't tell the difference. I think they'll tell the difference because the paper is just too good. But they asked one of ChatGDP, what do you think about AIs taking over the world? And a very well-formed response, the ChatGDP said, well, AIs could cause problems because they could do deception through, say, deep fake, in other words, faking other people. Uh, they don't fake hu uh, create humanity. They can control all these processes that humans can't. In other words, you need so many people to run things. Well, what if you have an AI running it for you? At, say, for instance, China's social credit system, you need a computer system to monitor all those cameras and keep track of everybody and algorithms. And it's interesting that the next day, the journalist asked the chat GDP the same question, and it wrote back and said, fear of AIs taking over the world is just religious nonsense is basically the answer. So it had a totally different answer the next day. So they're smart, but they're not that smart. I mean, if you use Alexa, I, I go to my, my smart TV and I say, Alexa, you know, find me uh, blah, blah, blah. And it brings up something totally different. You know, they're not right. that smart yet. But for the Antichrist to run an entire global system, he's going to need a computer network system able to handle all that data. And you need AI for that. Now, this brings up a question. <clears throat> and we're always interested, I think, in evangelism. Yes. Uh, every time I sit down here and, and begin to talk to our friends out there, I, <clears throat> I'm thinking in terms of the Word of God, <clears throat> the love of, of the Lord Jesus. I'm thinking about uh, people who don't really understand that, that Jesus is a living reality in today's world because our world is so fast and so complex and, and so pressured that we tend to leave Jesus behind. And I'm thinking, okay, we've, we're talking about artificial intelligence and controls and money, and and <clears throat> let's go back to just our Lord. Yes. And what would He have us do today in the light of all of this pseudo technology? I'm glad you brought it back to that, Gary. Uh, Matthew 24:14 says, "And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations." and then the end will come. So this is a prophecy, yeah. not a pre-rapture prophecy as some people confuse it. It's a, it's a prophecy about leading up to the Christ's second coming at the end of the tribulation. A prophecy said the gospel will reach the entire world one day. So that's the good part about, that's the good part. about AI. Maybe AI can actually be used to spread the gospel. Oh, you want to add an AI, a chat AI to your website so when you guys are asleep in the middle of the night, it's helping them find resources <laughs> on your website. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. Technology fixes our problems and it makes stuff as long as it's in the right hands. And brother, we live in a time period now where, I mean, how many people are watching the show? You and I could be sitting on a street corner with signs about, you know, love Jesus. But we can sit here and look at you folks here, and there's thousands, ten thousands. I, I think I saw on Daystar, you're reaching now possibly 64 million people through this program. Absolutely. The Lord yes. wants the gospel to get out as many people as He can, as quickly as He can, before Jesus raptures the church. Now, after the rapture of the church, when the Antichrist system starts coming up, I'm sure a lot of this stuff will be blocked. So I sure hope people are downloading them, putting on thumb drives, downloading them to their cell phones, whatnot, because you're going to see a dry up of a lot of information about yes. Bible prophecy. But then the Lord does this. He provides two witnesses who will be in Jerusalem who proclaim the gospel for three and a half years, 144,000 Jewish evangelists who will preach the gospel all over the earth. A gospel angel will come around the world and give the gospel to every single person on the planet so that by the end of the tribulation, not one person on the planet will be left who doesn't or hasn't had the opportunity to accept Christ or not. 
we are living in one of the most amazing times of evangelism. And so <clears throat> technology as a good thing and not a bad thing, uh, from the Christian perspective, technology can be used to uh, preach the word mm -hmm. in ways that it hasn't been preached before. You know, uh, we think of AI as the enemy and we think of uh, all those sci-fi movies that, w that we've seen over the years. And each sci-fi generation, going back to the 60s, 70s, 80s, and coming up to today, each sci-fi generation gets a little bit scarier, a little bit more ominous. And we think, wow, if we stick around long enough, this world is really going to get to be a bad, frightening place. And yet, as Christians, uh, our job is to look at this world uh, and present that uh, that, if you will, ethos, this global ethos in the light of Jesus Christ. And it's a challenge, but I'm glad you're doing it because you are. Well, we're both doing it. I mean, this is the opportunity. I got my start getting on chat rooms, especially atheist chat rooms. I used to love that. And I'd sit there listening, you know, them bad mouth guys yeah. stuff like that. And I'd pretend I was one of them. And I'd say, well, what do you think about what the Bible says about this? Well, what do you think about that? And they'd be receptive and they'd be opening to discussion. Now, if there was no technology involved, I would never have met these people, never talked to them. Right. But I was able to give the gospel to them. We create materials and put them online that minister 24-7. Even when we can't be awake, we're ministering while that's going. And everybody has this technology. I mean, folks, you could pick up your cell phone, record a video of yourself, upload it to your YouTube channel, and boom, you're ministering to people. And I, I remember years ago, I went up to a little Mennonite church up in northern Alberta, Canada. Wow. And they had 300 people at their church, but 10,000 people in China watched their program each week or watched the service each week. They got to participate in their service. So see how the churches could expand and grow? When I first got into technology and, and, and the Bible, I would try to get churches to understand that you can extend your outreach beyond your four walls. Many churches, I think all the way even up to COVID, were very against that. They wanted people in the pews. They wanted people there. And it's like, well, no, you're a church. Your mission is to the Great Commission, to get the gospel out. As, you're, as you're talking, I, I don't want to interrupt, no, but I've got to interrupt because uh, I remember <clears throat> in, uh, we're in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. And Oklahoma City used to be the city of, of little churches. You drive around Oklahoma City, uh, 50 years ago, and there were little churches on every corner. Just, I mean, they didn't have to be very big at all. A little tiny parking lot, a church that would seat maybe 50 people, and they were all over the city. And then one by one, they, they just sort of disappeared. And, and we had big churches for a long time. And then people got tired of going to the big churches, and they shut themselves up in their houses. And we've become a, a kind of a an occluded society. That is, you know, we we can go to the grocery store, we can go to a restaurant, we go to a few places we need to go, but when it comes to actually uh, mingling together, as as used to be done, people would, you know, in any way they could, they'd get to church on Sunday because it was where things were happening. Mm -hmm. And I kind of regretted that. This city used to be a, a city of small churches, but they're all gone. But now you're talking about the small churches becoming the electronic church and the, the church of technology. And 
we've got that amazing technology that allows us to, uh, I think, spread the gospel as never before. We've got hundreds of thousands of people who have downloaded our Lamb Lion app on all the major devices. They watch our TV show through it. They read our articles. There's a Bible connected to it. These are people that I personally would have never met if I had gone to a pulpit and preached in any one of these churches you mentioned. But we can reach all these people. I have people who write into our ministry because I answer the Bible questions that come into the ministry. And I have Muslims who will write in and say, if, if anyone knew I was talking to you, they'd kill me. Wow. I mean, we're penetrating places we never thought we before. So to go back to my story of how I got to be an internet evangelist is that I could have gone to Brazil with my wife and we could have worked with street children. That would have been a wonderful thing. And we would have affected tens, twenties, thirties amounts of people. But the Lord said, no, I want you to use technology to reach people for Christ. And now we reach millions of people through our online media, our television shows over networks, our apps, our streaming videos, our, our eBooks, and all this content is out there because I think the Lord is telling us, and unfortunately, churches are usually 20 years behind the ball on this, yeah. is that God's is saying, hey, this is the, the final lap. You, you see the finish line, that's the rapture. It's coming, sprint all out, get the gospel yeah. out as much as possible because the time is very short. You know, we used to hear the term electronic church. I, I, I don't know whether you remember that or not, but 30, 40 years ago, television was the electronic church. We've got something way bigger than the electronic church now. And if have, we learn how to use it. Right, and that's a big problem because usually you're, you're aged. You know, I'm not getting on TikTok. Yeah, my kids <laughs> could get on TikTok, I don't care about. I, I like YouTube and yeah. some of the, I'm a Facebook guy, I'm not on Instagram. Everybody picks their own little area of technology that they're comfortable with, right. whether it's still cable or DVDs or whatnot, and that's where they learn. So if you're gonna reach people for Christ, as always has been the gospel message, is you go out to where the people are. Yeah. The people, if they're not coming in your church building, you can still reach them through where they're at. So like your ministry, Lamb and Lion Ministries, puts the gospel out in every type of media possible for the hopes of reaching people right. for Jesus Christ because the time is short. And we're talking with Nathan Jones, who spoke at our recent Orlando Prophecy Summit. Let's take a little break right now uh, so that you can find out how you can avail yourself of Nathan's presentation along with some of the other presentations at the Orlando Conference. Just a few short weeks ago, 17 world-class Bible prophecy experts traveled to Orlando, Florida, where Prophecy Watchers held a four-day prophecy conference. 900 like-minded Christians filled every available seat in the auditorium to hear some of the most extraordinary teaching on the state of the world and the future of America. 2,500 years ago, we were given a series of ancient prophecies that described the global chaos and confusion we see today. And since dozens of the Bible's prophecies have already been fulfilled, down to the most minute detail, you can be assured that the rest of the future prophecies we see described in the book of Revelation will come to pass exactly as described. Our 17 presenters delivered 33 stirring messages on subjects you will probably never hear about in church. Some of the subjects we can't even speak of on the airwaves, but you'll hear them all on the 17 DVDs we've recorded and produced at the Orlando Prophecy Summit. I'm sure that most of you recognize the signs of the times, from the rise of artificial intelligence to Klaus Schwab and the global entity known as the World Economic Forum. 
the source of a great global reset. And as always, men like Nathan Jones, who delivered a powerful message exploring the end time signs of technology and how the Antichrist will use tech to control the masses. Brandon Holthouse on the relentless deep state drive towards complete global control of the population. L.A. Marzulli and Ryan Peterson take us down the road to some curious biblical subjects like UFOs, crop circles, and the Nephilim, while our own Mondo Gonzalez gives us a powerful update on the latest information on the ashes of the red heifer, heaven and hell, the ancient seed war, the rapture of the church, the coming wars of the end times, transhumanism, the coming digital dollar, even the rise of quantum computing and how it fits perfectly into the antichrist system of global control. It's coming much sooner than anyone realizes. This DVD set includes 17 DVDs and 33 messages from the experts. It's available from our ministry for your gift of $75 or more, with shipping included anywhere in the USA. Give us a call toll-free at the number you see on your screen, or visit us online at prophecywatchers.tv. I can guarantee you that these messages will change your life, encourage and warn you, your family, and your friends about the things that will soon come upon the whole world. Join us in Orlando as we eagerly watch the signs of the times and await the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And welcome back. You know, Nathan, I agree with you. The time is short. And hey, if we've got the technology, to use the word we started out with, technology should be a good thing. Maybe it's being used for bad purposes. But while it's here and while it's in a free state as it is right now, we're using it. And it's tremendous, I think, the number of people that are hearing the gospel for the first time. It's just amazing. Absolutely. And, and I think this, again, is, is the purpose of evangelism, is to reach all, as many people as we can as quickly as we can with the gospel. I, I love how Prophecy Watchers does that. You guys are everywhere, and you, you don't miss any type of technology. I've, I've, you know, you've got streaming, you've got internet, you've got magazines and e-magazines. And, you know, again, that's important to reach people where they're at. And so you provide all these different resources that can, different ones connect with different people. So I, I don't think people should feel intimidated like, oh, I've got to learn TikTok or, you know, I've got to build a web channel or something like that. No, you don't. Pick the one that you're comfortable with that, that you're familiar with. Connect with other people that are similarly interested and just share the gospel, share your life. Speaking of which, <clears throat> I'm going to do that. I'm going to st okay, start please. sharing the gospel right now. I want to hear it. And I'm going to hand it off to you. Okay. But here's the gospel the way I understand it. God, the Father, sent his Son to earth <clears throat> in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you have those three personages, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and they had a job to do and they did it. And then they handed it down through the apostles uh, to us to continue doing the job. And uh, yeah, we may drop the ball occasionally, but we keep on trying. And I think that is the wonder of, of Christianity, the Father sending the Son to do this work. And, and then he, when he left, he said, you know what? I'm going to empower you through the Holy Spirit so that you can do what I was doing. And the idea of the Holy Spirit 
going through this, these technological avenues we've been talking about is a wonderful vision for me. Absolutely. Now, where are you going to go from here? Where do you see yourself going in the next five years? <laughs> uh, well, I never thought I'd be an internet evangelist and a television co-host, so the Lord takes you in places you, you were telling me before the program. Uh, you went from an aeronautical engineer to a host of a prophecy show. So I can't tell you where I'm going to be in five years from now. That's up for the Lord to say. I just hope that until my dying day or the day I'm raptured, I'm preaching and sharing the gospel with people, and leading people to Jesus, because as the Bible says, the time is short. His name is Nathan Jones. Keep him in your prayers and pray to the Lord for guidance for him in his ministry, that it will grow, that it will reach into the places that God wants it to reach. And may you be blessed in your work. Nathan. Thank you so much, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here with you and so glad to see you're doing well. Pleasure to be with you too. I'm Gary Stearman. Hey, you keep watching. We are.